Good afternoon, beautiful people. On this day 17 years ago, our world was changed forever. While watching the Twin Towers attack unfold, the heroics of those who decided to sprint towards the horror were what captured my attention. It taught me a lesson that no classroom could teach. There is a lot more good than evil in this world, and that still rings true today. September 11th was a day that was supposed to make us live in fear that something terrible could happen whenever at any given moment. But in the complete opposite turn of events, 14-year-old me saw something that made me grateful for others in the days we have. Let's enjoy the hell out of this life, no matter what's trying to bring us down. Big thanks to all of the service members in New York that ran into the war zone and into the catastrophic events to save people, and rest in peace to those we lost on 9-11-2001. I will never forget that day I was in class. Uh, I believe I was in a computer class. We turned on the TV. The teacher seemed to be panicking, and then all of a sudden, boom, the second plane went into the building. I mean, it was as soon as the TV went on, and everybody thought as kids it was possibly a movie. Are we watching a scripted event? No, no. It was something very real, very serious. And in Pittsburgh, we actually had a little bit of a part because a third plane went down around Pittsburgh, and it was big news everywhere. So with that being said, None of us in this room will ever forget what happened on 9-11. None of us will ever forget the heroics of the New York City Fire Department, Police Department, military, those who went into this scary place to do heroic things. With that being said, we're going to have the greatest Tuesday in the history of goddamn Tuesdays. In their honor, by the way. In their honor. We live in a, the greatest country on earth, and today is the reason to go ahead and celebrate the hell out of that. Today we got a lot of interviews. We got Carson Palmer, Chichi chatting about his football life, which is premiering on NFL Network. You would think, you would think this, Carson kind of standoffish, never really, he opens up to us. Mm -hmm. It was a good conversation with him. Mm -hmm. Also, Richie Incognito, his first interview since a pretty yeah. large incident happened just a couple weeks ago in Arizona at a funeral home, and he talks about mental health. I think you're going to learn a lot from Richie Incognito. I got some tweets from people. Why would you give him a platform to speak? Well, to be honest... I think he deserves one. Mm -hmm. Only one side of this story has been told this whole time, and you're talking about a man, and you're going to hear from his own words, who has put his brain through a lot, and I think he's finally come to the realization that there might be something wrong with him, and that is a big, big ordeal. Mm -hmm. Also, an apology that I think you should hear from that man. I'll be excited to kind of see what Richie Incognito does in the future, and also, after last night's wild turn of events on Monday Night Football, those commentators were dog shit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I was going to lay off because ESPN has reached out to me uh, about potential working sure. together. But it felt like I was watching a Maction game. It felt at like we were moment. watching a Maction game. At one time, there was dead silence. Well, and I had no idea what to do. Beth normally does the noon games during the Big Ten, like a Northwestern Illinois game. Like, that's her sweet spot. <laughs> and then Greasy was fucking terrible. But that's the first Whoa. Monday Night Football game of the year, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they let off with? You got this whole new it's, team? And Jason Witten there and Tessator and Booger McFarlane scooting down the sideline on his little crane. <laughs> and that's what they let off with. That was a terrible I thought it was bad TV. I think there's a lot of people that maybe even tuned out strictly because of how bad it was. Yeah, they always have the B squad on the first week of the year. Like it used to be Berman and Dilfer, and Berman was so bad too at calling play by play. But I assume they wanted to save the A squad with Tessator and Witten. 
And who did you say? Booger, Booger McFarland. Yeah, yeah, Booger. Still for, for, for the late game. game. But, but is that because is that because Gruden was there and they were like, look, this is our new guy? Like, is that what ESPN was trying to do to Gruden <laughs> at the Raiders game? Because it doesn't make – I didn't stay up for that second game. It was so late, so, so, so late. But in my eyes, Monday night football, you had an electric weekend of NFL. I mean, there was a tie at one point. Aaron Rodgers, heroics, by the way, hit my poem, please. Cue the music. <clears throat> Hopes were high, she's heads about to climax. So close to their TVs, it's like they were watching on IMAX. The great 12, A-Raj, was back under center. Super Bowl bets hammer the Packers they entered. It all happened so fast, in a jiffy he went. Gosh darn it, they said, as they saw his knee bent. Off to the locker room, he went on a cart. We suck again, they sighed. <laughs> you could hear optimism depart. Then after half, a man reappeared, like a savior who left, re-emerging to cheers. Down 17 zip, could he pull off the feet? Left knee was bummed, couldn't even use his two feet. But off he went, slinging the rock all around, dropping dime after dime, proclaiming, this here, this here is my town. One Hail Mary in the corner, and a couple to Cobbs. They kept scoring and scoring, defying all odds. A magical tale was complete when the clock finally hit zero. That man's not my quarterback. That man is my hero, they said. A miraculous victory he brought to Green Bay. All hail King Rogers, is what the Packers do say. A reading about Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. That did well on the internet. <laughs> yes, it did. That poem did well on the internet. But Aaron Rodgers, Sunday Night Football. Then ESPN has Monday Night Football, potential big thing. And it was dog shit. And I don't think it was her fault. I, I, don't, I don't want this to sound like a uh, a lot of people were tweeting people that were saying it was bad and it was like, oh, because a woman's called? No, because I thought man or woman, they did a terrible job. Yeah, like, like I got a couple that were like, oh, because it's a girl on, on what I tweeted. But I was like, no, I'm hey, she's better than Greasy. Yes. Like, so this isn't a sexist statement at all. She, Todd, of the two, she's better. Todd fired at Iowa out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a high school Iowa football game, which is wild. It was bad, though, but the Jets... The Jets really came. Darnold looks like he can really play. I'm assuming there's going to be some rookie learning curves where he's going to mm. fuck up. But we'll talk to Gary V, who his life goal is to buy the Jets. Die hard fan. He was at the game last night. He sells shoes. Mm -hmm. He sells wine. Mm -hmm. He motivates, inspires. He consumes no content. None. Can't wait to ask him about reads that. Reads the reviews. Only reads the in the comments section. Doesn't watch anybody else's shit. I told him this morning I left Barstool. He said, really? I didn't know that. I'm like, you really do not. <laughs> you really do not pay attention to anything. I can't wait to chat with him about the Jets. And honestly, the NFL weekend was beautiful. And let me tell you why. Because I gambled on it. And did I win on Saturday and Sunday? Absolutely not. But last <laughs> night, the Los Angeles Rams in their big swinging peckers and talent covered the team over and covered the spread last night in beautiful fashion. And if you're going to gamble on football and you're going to gamble on anything, reality TV, politics, WWE, you name it, there's only one place on earth to gamble, and that's mybookie.ag. Use promo code PAT right now with your first deposit. They will give you a 100% bonus up to $1,000. $1,000 wow. and they'll match. You can gamble on 
anything yep. and everything. Speaking of, this Thursday, beat Pat McAfee, 11.50 a.m. I will be throwing footballs into a garbage can, attempting to throw footballs <laughs> into a garbage can from 30 yards out. Last week, I hammered my bookie. Mm -hmm. They said a very low over-under in the three-point shooting thing. I hammered it. This time, 6.9 yep. balls into nice. the trash can in five oh, minutes. Mm -hmm. That's a tough yeah. – I'm going to be yeah, honest when I say easy. that. That is a tough one. Because you drop a dime to get it in there. <laughs> get it to stay in yeah. the garbage can is very difficult. You always see the videos on the internet of Aaron Rodgers slinging it into a little thing. That's not his first throw. And if it is, he if he goes back at it, he's not going to hit it. That's a tough throw for almost anybody. But for me, I get five minutes. I need to hit seven. Seven in five minutes, we'll see how it goes. Sam last night, who was addicted to gambling. She hammered the Los Angeles Rams as well last mm -hmm. night. If you watch Quick Hits with Pat and Diggs every night at 8 o'clock, we told you, hammer the Rams heavy. Now, was it a backdoor cover, Diggs? For the team over, it was for you. The Rams uh, going into the fourth quarter, they outscored them 13-0. So it was nice. So I, I, th that game started at, what, 1 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> finished at 1.35, I believe. I was pissed off because Johnny Hecker hit some bombs, oh, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And Greg Zerline hit a 55-yarder, and I wake up, and I just have tweets from people like, oh, nothing for this, nothing for this. I'm like, cuz, sleeping. What do you? I live over here in American Standard Time. What do you want from me? I was sleeping. I, I was pissed off that I missed Johnny Hecker perform. I'm not happy about that. Now, Grant. I know in Don McIntyre, Aaron Donald back in the game, but I was upset that I missed Johnny Hecker. I Multiple was, bombs. That's what I heard, dude. And he pinned him too. He's he was the beginning of the brand yep, for the brand was. videos. I did a video last year of Johnny Hecker in the first week hitting a banana punt, which no punter hits in games because it's honestly a, a nightmare of a punt. <laughs> you can punt that thing six yards out of nowhere if you miss by half an inch. I post that video, explain it. It leads into a Wall Street Journal article, bing, bang, boom, for the brand videos are started. And now last night, because the way ESPN operates, couldn't just put them at the main one. Couldn't just put them at the main one. Just put them at the main one. They didn't want the game to start at 4 o'clock, I assume, in California. Who cares? <laughs> Imagine that traffic. Move that to 8. Move it to the Monday Night Football 8 o'clock game. And just have one instead of us having to deal with this college, high school, amateur production. And then a 1 a.m. L.A. Rams Raiders game. I want to watch Johnny fucking Hecker. How did the Rams look, though? I, didn't, I wanted to. They have so many big names. How would Goff look? Did Gurley ball out? How Gurley's was fucking insane. He's he, the best running back in the league. Now that Lev's out or just in general? I think he is Lev. Lev can catch the ball a little bit better and maybe is slightly more elusive, but Gurley is so much faster, and he like he is very elusive as well. Gurley just looked very good last night. Goff looked, Goff looked good, not great. Uh, you know when Goff went to that jun JCC or whatever, yeah. that, community, that yeah, junior yeah. college, mm -hmm. and he was missing some balls? Mm -hmm. I was thinking, is Goff just a one-hit wonder? Just one season with McVay, he did well because he did that Red Bull thing, and he was missing throws. He was missing throws. The black like, hole was on fire. I love him. I love him over first there. First half, because the first half, the Raiders looked like the better team. What yeah. happened to Marshawn Lynch? They put a high school photo Dude. of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Not good for the brand of Marshawn Lynch. Nobody's ever looked like that. Marshawn looked like Marshawn. Marshawn Lynch is my favorite human on earth. Yeah. I've done videos about it. I mean, that thing went. Uh, you can go through all the things Marshawn 
Marshawn Lynch has done that makes him the most electric human walking this earth. They sent his ass over to Ireland with Skittles and just had him interact <laughs> with humans. That's all. There was no script. Just go interact with white people overseas and, and we'll film it. Marshawn Lynch is an electric human. Him and Bear Grylls, the whole kit yep. and caboodle. I've talked about it. That high school photo, though, not good for the Marshawn Lynch brand. It was wild. What man. was that? What was going on there? I don't know. I assume mm. mom made him like dress up like that and put on some glasses <laughs> yeah. for the class picture. Didn't have any dreads. Man, you think he's saying the town, town business? I assume it? he's not happy they put that up. Last no night. way. <laughs> they gonna get a call from Beast Mode. <laughs> I him, saw, I saw him, him dragging that safety. Oh, oh, I was oh yeah, he still I was runs in hard tears, like crying, laughing. Watching. What was it? Four yards. He had five people on, literally <laughs> yeah. on top of him, and he scores that a touchdown awesome. with one leg. With one, why one leg? Well, no, the safety was was wrapped his one leg. <laughs> was that just, Peters on his? Uh, on, uh, I, I can't remember who uh, it was. Josh Johnson or Jackson or something, just oh, going for a ride game. on the ground on his back, holding on to his leg. So, do we think the LA Rams are going to be good, and do we think the Raiders aren't going to be terrible? Uh, yes, I mm-hmm. think that's good. To yeah, say. the Raiders. I don't, were the solid. Raiders looked better than I thought they would last. Uh, night. Is Coach Gruden back there, Ty? Yeah, yeah, uh, he just called in actually. Okay, hey, Coach Gruden, I got a question for you. You saw Khalil Mack Sunday night. Wow, made you look terrible. How do you feel about the Khalil Mack trade? Hindsight. Now, we'll get to the game with the Rams, but how do you feel hindsight about the whole Khalil Mack thing? Well, let me just say first things first, man. Uh, let's keep in mind Khalil didn't want to play in Oakland. <laughs> That's All what right? I keep hearing you saying, but isn't isn't there some sort of price you could have paid Khalil? I mean, I mean, I suppose we could have, but listen, I came to him before the season. I said, look, man, I've always coached linebackers who either, either have the neck roll or the uh, the extended neck roll. <laughs> he didn't want to do it, and I said, listen, man, you either do that or I'm shipping your ass out of town. He didn't want to do it, so see you later. So it wasn't money at all. It was all about equipment. <laughs> no, I like my uh, linebacker. You remember Zach Thomas? <laughs> I like my linebackers looking just like that. Slow white guys who just look tougher than shit, man. <laughs> Coach, you guys lost to the Rams last night. Everybody on earth was expecting that, but you had a better debut, I think, than most people thought. How do you feel about the Raiders going forward? Uh, I think we'll be all right. I, for, you know, I'd like people to just get off my dick for a second. Um, I think uh, if Derek Carr stops playing like David Carr, then we might have a chance moving forward. I, you know, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. I opened Twitter this morning. Yeah. And the first thing I saw, the top trending topic was Derek Carr's being trolled for awful performance. Mm-hmm. And then you guys tell me it was close in the first half. What happened with Derek Carr? He definitely fell apart in the second half. There was a throw that he he lit, he was fine in the pocket, and he just threw it up to the left flat, and nobody was there except for a defender to pick it off. And then he threw the pick six at the very end, which wasn't really his fault. The wide receiver kind of stopped his route. But, yeah, he, there was some questionable decisions from Derek Carr last night. Put it that so way. is that because he's got a brand-new offense with 45 <sighs> words per play that he's overthinking? Or yeah. does it look like it's just all 100% quarterback Because there was also like a uh, third and 10 earlier in the game where he was in a clean pocket and kind of just threw it away when he didn't have to. Good. It looked like he was just a little rattled last night. I like that a lot. I like whenever people Also, do did that. you see what came out last night about the Rams and Klumak? No. So you know how they last week it came out that they made an offer to him. Yep. So it came out last night that the offer they they they, they did make him an offer, but they weren't trying to pay him for long term. They were literally trying to rent him for this season, just for a Super Bowl run, and then they know they knew they would lose him next year. So that's exactly what the Rams are doing with all these players. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. they're bringing everybody. Hey, we're gonna try to win it right now, mm-hmm. and then you can get the hell out of town. We all understand it. We all get it. I love that. Yeah. Mindset. I love that strategy. By the way, if it works. <clears throat> If it doesn't work, you're kind of fucking yourself for the future. But I love that strategy. If you're Cleo Mac, why don't you take that? 
Well, because he got $100 million in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, but he, yeah. That money I mean, would still be there anywhere I mean, else. you take right? the cheeseburger today. What does that even mean, Zito? Well, like, you're going to get a lot of money for one year. It also and wasn't could... his decision. It oh, was gotcha. trade, so. What do you, no, you don't think he had anything to do with the trade? I'm assuming he was a part I of that. I assume if he's not showing up to the Raiders and isn't doesn't want to be part of their team anymore, they're not listening to his wishes on the trade. Really? That is very interesting to me. I don't know. I've always wondered how that works. I think I they're going to get the best deal for the Raiders. I did ask Chuck to be traded one time whenever he wanted me to go punt in the Hall of Fame game whenever I had like a twisted knee or something like that. And I had a conversation with him. I was like, if you want me to punt in this game, that literally means less than a preseason game. And I just twisted my shit last week. Like, I'd rather play somewhere else, to be honest. I'd rather play mm-hmm. somewhere else. And he, you know, Pat, we're not going to trade you. You're not going <laughs> to kick either, so just get out of here. I'm like, thank you. So I've never really been a part of those types of situations, but I'd assume that the player and his representative are a part of it. I don't know, though, because it did become a bit toxic there towards the end. Gruden was taking shots at Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack wasn't showing up at anything, so maybe they did just ship his and ass. The Rams said the reasoning why the Raiders didn't go through with this deal is that uh, the Raiders thought the Rams were going to be picking too low, so they went with the team who they thought would be picking higher, and they were going to get more for it. Oh, so they said the Bears are going to suck. So John Gruden took a shot at Khalil Mack and the Bears. (laughs) Pretty much. Yikes. (laughs) That Bears team looks good, by the way, out of nowhere. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, though. That was unbelievable. Diggs on Quick Hits yesterday said, possibly the game of the day, he called it. That might be the game of the season, and it's the first weekend Sunday night football. Good for them. As a Bears fan, though, that's got to be heart-wrenching. It is heart wrenching, but uh, definitely looks good for the future. 100%. It does. Yeah, yeah, they, how they, young they, they are, well. it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a good outcome no matter what. And Mitchell's got a hose, bro. Mm-hmm. He was making some throws in that first half. Now, he granted, looked comfortable. And in the second half, he was scurrying and making plays out of nowhere. He mm-hmm. looked good. Mitchell yeah. looked good. The defense looked solid. I mean, the Bears need to be in a much happier place than they were before. Yeah, it's clear that in that division. The Lions are by far the fucking worst. Out of nowhere, they lose to the Jets last. They were so bad. The camera guys were doing them so wrong. They were doing the fan leaving camera. So, like, at the, was it the third quarter they were doing that, Evan? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every fan that was leaving, the it camera was, would zoom in. I mean, it was a tie game, and then they scored 31 <laughs> in the third, and that was it. I saw, when I saw Prater miss that 55-yarder, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not what Prater does. No. No. Prater it's makes 55-yarders. That's Prater wakes up, parties, Barry's long field goals. Yep. That's what Matt Prater does. When he missed that, I knew it seemed like something was off there. The New York Jets special teams, by the way, balling. Yeah. One long return and then a tutter. Shout out mm. Brant Boyer, my Did former assistant that? special teams coach, who is now the head special teams coach for the Jets. Very, very happy for him. If you remember, they worked out Dan Bailey last week. They chose Jason Myers over him. Mm. Jason Myers has a big day, and the return happens. Very, very happy for Brant Boyer. Did you see that stat, though? Like, the defense has not return an interception for like five over, years five yeah. years yeah. five years it's an incredible stat. in new york yeah they haven't had a defense touchdown in five years wow that's because <laughs> they had mohammed wilkerson for a while mm-hmm. who's very explosive on the inside there for a while that, that secondary is awesome very, like they are very good they're they new, knew the plays th- there's a, what's that they, they said it they, they said knew they the plays they knew plays everything stafford was going to do even his like hand audibles they knew exactly where he was going that's why he threw four picks that's so like showed. seattle taking on peyton back yep. in the day in the mm-hmm. super bowl where they all had ev- they knew exactly what peyton was going to do at all times yep. that's tough to handle when that starts happening jim bob cooter who uh is running the same offense i think as peyton was running that's a very interesting thing because peyton was always very particular when he was with the colts at least 
And that's why it was so hard to learn the offense. And I'm assuming Tom Brady's this way as well and Aaron Rodgers. Whenever you depend on signals a lot, you have to change them on a regular basis so people don't catch up. I wonder what happens with Stafford and the Lions. They're going to have to change up everything if they're getting if they're getting told that the other team, hey, hey, we knew everything you were doing, yeah. just for future reference. That's a wild situation in Detroit. That was his worst game, I think, of his career right there. That's sad. He hurt his knee, years. too, right, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he took a shot. He's he got a lot of shots. <laughs> and then we were talking about this last night because he took a shot in the stomach and clearly lost his breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how thankful we are that we don't do that in our lives anymore. Remember <laughs> last night oh, yeah. that you lost your breath? Uh, like uh, the wind got knocked out of you? It's the worst feeling in the world. It really is. <laughs> and that's such a relatable feeling because everybody experiences that at some point. Those quarterbacks experience that, I think, once a week whenever they get tackled and all their breath just leaves You them. think it's never coming back. Yeah. You just yeah. got to sit there and tell you, it's going to come back. I'm gonna when go he started I'm to panic breathe. and he started tapping his chest yep. real fast, yep. I was like, oh, Been geez, there, that's the worst. Because it's, it's just like when people eat edibles for the first time, you're like, you're going to come down yep. with that thing you're like you're you're not going to die like, <laughs> it very much because it does feel like you're going to die Ugh. this weekend football was wild mm-hmm. though it was wild that punter just dolphin diving into the army kid's <laughs> chest on Saturday oh, yeah, yeah. what a wild situation college football I, I don't know how people love it to be honest but I'm getting into it because I'm starting to gamble on it more I think mm-hmm. that's the only way you could technically get into it but the NFL Sunday I I thought was by the way no national anthem conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see Nate Boyer, the Green Beret, the guy that was with Colin Kaepernick? He was supposed to go on MSNBC on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to go on probably Morning Joe or something like that. He got an email saying, looks like we need to cancel for today since the protest didn't take front stage and Trump hasn't tweeted about it. So sorry for the late notice on this. Obviously, we thought this would be the top story when we planned ahead for your interview. Signed, MSNBC producer. Nate Boyer wow. then says, this is the problem. Exactly. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Isn't that wild, though? So they're just, they want to talk about uh, racial uh, injustices, sure. right? That's yeah. what Nate Boyer is going on for, because mm-hmm. he and Kaepernick were the ones that chatted about the National Anthem protest. He was a Green Beret, all that stuff. But instead, since... It wasn't the topic of conversation week one NFL season. That's not the number one story because a stupid guy almost broke his leg and then comes back and wins a football game in Green Bay. Sorry, we can't talk about it anymore. That's a wild thing. But I am happy that hopefully a lot is happening towards Mm -hmm. the racial injustice movement with the NFL donating and things are coming to fruition, that this can kind of become something in the rear view so we can keep it moving. Well, the NFL finally made a good decision. I think they listened to all of us and they decided not to make it a rule. So, or they decided just to leave it, just, not, just let it go. Yeah, let it go. Because there were some players, and there was like three players who kneeled, but you just didn't hear anything about it because there was no rule against it or anything like that. But but then there it is again, though, the NFL bringing something up. Like they brought it up during the owners' meetings when he was about to die. They bring it up. Oh, big rule now. You will be punished if you do it. Then right before, they're like, you know what? We won't punish it. So now yeah, they yeah. bring it up again. It's like they're choosing to bring it up on a regular basis. Hopefully, though, hopefully some good will come from this whole thing. But Nate Boyer was not excited that his interview got canceled strictly because Trump hadn't tweeted about it yet. That's a wild <laughs> that's a wild move the president's got. You know what? The president didn't tweet about the national anthem on NFL Sunday so gonna have to cancel your bullshit. <laughs> that's a wild the Brown Steelers tying. <clears throat> Still undefeated. Same with the Browns. Browns are undefeated too. People forget. You know what? I sat back and reflected and I thought about it and the Steelers played one of the worst possible games you could possibly imagine. 
and didn't lose. Didn't lose. It's very tough to not lose whenever you're a minus five turnover ratio. Minus five turnover. Not minus one. Minus one, I think it sways to like 60% chance of loss. Minus two, I think it's up to like 75. Minus three, it's at like 80, 90% you're going to lose. Minus five. And walk out of there with a tie. On the road. With the chance to win, by the way. Boswell, one of the best kickers I've ever seen, mm-hmm. pulls that one. He, I guess, was hammering 42 yarders for like five hours after yep. practice yesterday just to kind of get it out of him. Boswell will come back, bounce back, and be great. But with the chance to win on the road, minus five, you got to feel good as a Steelers fan. But as a Browns fan, as a Browns fan, still undefeated. <laughs> there was that stat that uh, they put out that uh, teams that were plus five in turnovers were 134 four and one or something like that. Yeah. Wow. And the, and the one tie was the Browns and two of the losses were the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> the dog pound doesn't deserve this. I'll tell you what, Lev Bell, system running back too. That's Pretty, wild you say I that. Mean, he was out and D'Angelo Williams just crushed it for four weeks when he was out and then he's out now and James Conner goes for almost 200 total yards. System running back. You know, James Conner, all he had to do was get two touchdowns and rush for 100 yards <laughs> and friend here, Nick Morado, would do his haircut and Nick Morado is currently rocking the James Conner cut which it seems as if there's two buzzes in the top of his head <laughs> and then a mullet in the back it's a wild scene nick how does that new uh, haircut feel you know i'm still in the honeymoon phase where i just keep rubbing it because mm-hmm. anytime you buzz your head it just feels good just yeah, to yeah. touch it yeah but i like i know i look like a hideous freak but i feel all right no i wouldn't like, let I you know it's not bad it. there's a lot of people on the internet said you potentially look like a method which, oh, I, I understand that completely. <laughs> but I don't think you look that bad. I thought you were going to look a lot worse than you do. And James Conner himself said you look legendary. Said you look James good. Connor, well, Shazier. Yeah, I mean, oh, I like, did it for him. You know, people were people were dogging him about the haircut, and he went out there and put on. I was like, you know what, this guy deserves it. You're a legend in Pittsburgh, now, man. I don't know about that, but I, I'm not going to say that. I would never say that. Uh, Other people are saying it. I mean, it, it is documented, James but Conner. I would. <laughs> ESPN asked for rights to the photo. If, if Nick Morano ends up on ESPN today with this haircut, I think uh, I think we've really jumped the fucking shark here. What a wild scene Nick Morano ends up on ESPN. Maybe they should ask you to do commentating on uh, Monday Night Football. <laughs> Not a bad idea. I mean, can only go up, right? Yeah, it can only, can only go, go up. up. That was uh, a bad show. Yeah, it was like- Wow. That's bad. They what? have to have someone else in the hopper. Like throw Herb Street and whoever oh, who's who's with Herb Street now? Reese Davis. Reese maybe? Davis. Throw like them on the Monday night game just for fun. Herb Street's well, incredible, by the way. Mm-hmm. He is incredible. He's good at everything he does when he gets on the mic. For that pre-show of the college game day, he's on there. Smooth and looks good. He covers up for Lee Corso. Yeah. He kind of just covers up the whole show. And then they fly his ass maybe sometimes across the country oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and goes and does uh, color <laughs> commentator somewhere. He's incredible. I like Kirk Herb Street a lot. He is a gifted individual on the microphone. That would be better than them each year throwing the B squad on the first game of the year. Dude, like Zito said, the way they would let silence happen and just let it sit there, like just so amateurish, you know what I mean? I'm all about letting a game breathe, but there there's a there comes to an extent where and I Todd, I think I think I've said this a couple times to people whenever they ask for advice when they come on a mic. Uh-huh. You got to be on a mic. Like yeah. when you come in, you got to come in. There, if you sound <clears throat> soft at all, or there's no bass right. in your voice, people don't take you serious. And it seemed as if, and I'm, this is more greasy than mm-hmm. what's her name, 
Beth Mullins. Beth, yeah. More greasy. He just sounded like he was not confident on the microphone. And maybe it was the way he was wired or something. But he sounded like he was whispering. There was no bass it in his did. voice. It was so monotone. And like there's a time, like if there's a great play in that's happening in front of you, Silence is the time yep. then, but they would do it like in between plays. Just be quiet. Like that's the time to talk. Now I need entertained because nothing's <laughs> happening. ESPN has so many personalities and peop- intellectual people on their roster that they could have pulled in there, and it was greasy. They went with like Hasselbeck could have went in there. You could have put Randy Moss in there just to juice it up a little bit. Hey, when, hey when, man, uh, they, <laughs> man, Matt Stafford playing like dog shit. <laughs> Like, you know, I would have anything, loved Randy Moss. Anything. Just inject some life Did you hear that. when Greasy cleared his throat into no, the mic? No. He did a big... This morning, this morning, there was a moment of silence on, uh, uh, I think, the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in my kitchen at attention with my lady just staring at the TV, you know, because it was a moment of silence for September 11th, mm-hmm. right? And it was a long one. This was an extended moment of silence. And I just thought about the people who are on microphones at that moment. Mm-hmm. Do they have to mic they, they have, have to, to mute, mute the their mics, mics right? Because I think. I'm thinking of the TV person who's sitting there trying to be quiet, moment of silence, and then like 45 seconds into it, you gotta like cough or sneeze <laughs> <laughs> in this while this magical <laughs> moment is happening, like <clears throat> and just broadcasting through the TV. It is it is very interesting that like the cough button. You think there's a cough yeah, button? Yeah, has to be. Here we have a very amateur setup. We do not have one. But you would think the ESPN Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is what I almost tweeted last night. Like, you are, that's the Super Bowl every week. Yeah. Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football are the big thing you can't. And I'm assuming, I feel bad for Greasy and the lady because uh, they probably got off, checked their internet, and were like, oh, boy. people hated us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. shout out to you for SVP giving the brand a shout out on SportsCenter. Yo, big deal. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't a good highlight. No, it, it was a punt return. Not great for the brand there. Sorry, McAfee, SVP, <laughs> legend, by the way. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the way SVP works. Uh, but yeah, I'm very, very thankful. What, uh, what surprised you most about everything this weekend, oh, like game-wise? For me, it was Tampa. Yeah. Fitz magic was unbelievable. Sam, my lady, I said this on Quick Hits, she bet the under in that game, which is 49. (laughs) Tampa ended up with 48 themselves. So, I mean, that was a game that was just wide open. The Saints, though, go from the Minneapolis miracle to losing to Tampa Bay first week with uh, no, no thought at home. These are bad back-to-back games for the Saints, Drew Brees and the Saints. Everybody's picking them potentially for Super Bowl run. People are like, this is the year the Saints bounce back. This is the year for the Saints, bing, bang, boom. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, no, this is my year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is my year. And he makes me want to grow a beard. Yeah, if I can grow a beard, I think that's like you look at Steve Weatherford, right? Or you look at John Cena. Oh, that guy makes you want to work out. <laughs> the Rock. And it's like, you know what? Now I think about it. I don't think my body <laughs> would ever turn into whatever the fuck those guys' bodies are. That's like Fitz's beard is yeah, performance yeah. enhancing beard. Oh, God. It is thick. It curls right. It's like it's straight out of a movie almost. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. That's the way, same way Brett Kiesel, anytime I used to see his beard. Oh, yeah. And then he would shave it publicly in front of everybody. It like the worst. Yeah, but he would sh- he'd yeah, rub it, it in for, everybody's it face. Yeah, yeah, but he'd rub it in everybody's face. Like, yeah, I can grow another one of these. <laughs> <laughs> no know? big deal. Yeah, no. No big deal. Like no way that chin strap works, right? On over his beard. Of course it does. No way. You don't know That's how, too much fluff. 
I'm just going to push it down. You got you too much. It oh, tight. You, you have too much fucking fluff. <laughs> By the way, Zito got a fade yesterday. Yeah, I did. How's it look? Take yeah. the hat off. You wore a hat today, good. so you're not too proud of it. It looks, it looks right. a lot better than what Ooh, he had I before. I like it. Yeah. You look like you're a groomed human. Yeah. No. Yeah. I took a shot this morning. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. I'm very... Uh, yesterday on Heartland Radio, we got into a full discussion about how Zito doesn't shower in the morning. And he says, oh, I just wake up with energy, whatever. But he punishes everybody else in the office with his smell and everything. <laughs> so it was my job to tell him to shower in the mornings. And yep. I told him that it would be a better him. But really, it's... For the better of all of us. Yep. And we this morning, it. Yeah, this morning Zito has jumped on board. You I'm look, a team player. You look fresh. You Thank look, you. And you still haven't worn socks, though. Oh, these are my slippers, my house slippers. Those you aren't yours. You stole, you stole those. those. <laughs> <laughs> those yours. They are house slippers. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. biggest surprise yep. from week one, Yep. the Andrew Luck releases that he had a shoulder injury from oh, snowboarding yeah. Sunday morning. Smart move, because there's going to be a lot of action all day. It's kind of going to get buried. Mm. Good news. And then, and Rappaport then it, had a bunch of news. And then nobody <laughs> talked about it all day. <laughs> the classic Sunday morning news talk. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally Rappaport, Rappaport was like, oh, I'm back, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, turns out, look, sprained his AC joint snowboarding uh, two years ago. And nobody made a big deal about it. Back to you guys. And they're like, okay, Andrew Luck battling shoulder. Uh, how's he going to look today? It's like, yeah. how's he going what about this snowboard story finally getting out? This was a well-kept secret, I think, within the Colts organization. Yeah. I didn't find out about it until six months later whenever I watched him practice, and it looked like a lollipop was being tossed. And I go to Vinatieri. I go, well, what the fuck is that, Paul? <laughs> what is... That was a terrible throw. And this was after he made the $140 million uh -huh. contract. This was that next training camp right after we signed him. He's throwing a ball, and it did not look good. It looked like literally I was throwing lefty when he was throwing. And I'm like, am I missing something? He was like, oh, well, he got hurt last season. I'm like, yeah, I know he got hurt last season, but this looks bad. He was like, oh, you haven't heard. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I like a good drama, you know what I mean? And Vinny is much higher in the totem pole of Earth than me. He was like, uh, well, I can't tell you if you haven't heard, but there is something that happened. And I was like, Vinny, what the fuck is that even <laughs> How can you just tell me that right now? He's like, ah, I can't tell you because I was told that I can't tell anybody. But this is something you should definitely dig so into. So you went on a mission. Mission. <laughs> I went on a mission. I go into the, uh, into the cafeteria. You know, there's a guy in there that cooks food just for Andrew Luck. Look, what's going on, man? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's up with luck, man? He's like, uh, I don't know, dog. What? <laughs> and I was like, something happened to luck? He goes, uh, what, did something happen today to luck? I'm like, oh, you playing fucking dumb with me? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know, man. And I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't know anyways. Chef, I would hope I would know before you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, well, you, now you're being disrespectful to me. I'm like, oh, there's something fucking happening. If you don't know, I don't know. I'm going to find out. He's like, well, when you know, you come back and tell me. I'm like, you got it. <laughs> so then I walk, I walk into the equipment room, right? And I sit down. Those are my guys. The equipment room are the blue collar guys. They, they are my guys still to this day. I'm really good friends. I shut the door. Okay, they're like they're beating up the balls a little bit, and I bat the ball out of their hands. Okay, I tell them to stop, bat it out of their hands. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm like, "I need to know." He was like, "What?" I need to know what happened to Lucky. Oh, buddy, we can't tell you. I'm like, "Oh, so you know?" They're like, "Oh yeah, we know." I'm like, "How do you know that I don't know?" He's like, 
big kept secret, but it took me a while to find out, though, if that means anything. I'm like, a while? I still don't know. He's like, yeah, I thought you would know by now. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> so I walk out of the equipment room, okay? So now I know that there's people that know, and I'm not, I'm the only one. But it feels as if me and the chef are the only one that doesn't know, which makes sense, by the way, because that regime yeah, yeah. did not want, like me much. So then I walk into the training room. Now, this is the group that would definitely know. And those people have been there since my rookie year. I've been through a couple of surgeries with these people rehabbing. I thought they were my friends. <laughs> so I sit down on a table. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little something on the outside here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, something wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I might have. So I, I, I act like I might have ripped something, right? So then all of them come over. So now I got them all huddled over. <laughs> they think that I ripped my fucking hamstring in training camp. So now I got them all over there. And they start rubbing on. They're like, where at? I'm like, right, right here, right here, yeah, yeah. They're like, is that feeling better? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck happened to Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, those little lollipop tosses out there look terrible. Something happened. They're like, nothing happened. I'm like, oh, is that right? Because I was told something happened. And I was told that uh, I'm the only one that doesn't know. They're like, who told you that? I'm like, a lot of people, guys. A lot of people. <laughs> so now I'm full Dr. Phil mode, right? Now I'm talking to everybody. Bull. I feel like I'm in bull. <laughs> so now I'm looking at faces. Who's the weak link? And there was this young guy who's pretty new. He followed me on Twitter before he got in there. He's a fan of mine. So I start peppering him. I'm like, I'm going to get you to fucking break. <laughs> right in front of his boss. I'm like, I'm going to get you to fucking break. He's like, uh, not me. I want to keep my job. I was like, do you, though? This is <laughs> long hours. This athletic training thing is nowhere near what you thought it was. You're here 5 a.m. You don't leave till 9 p.m. You're never going to have a family. Aaron Burrill, who's the head physical therapist, is like, fuck you, McAfee. I don't need you doing it. I'm like, oh, you, are you going to tell me? He's like, no, I can't tell you. These are things that we can't talk about, Pat. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So they all leave, right? And Vinatieri's next to me dying laughing on the table. He's like, you still don't know? I'm like, no, I still don't know. I'm putting full court press on everybody. He's like, well, I'm not telling you. I'm like, well, fuck you then, right? So the next day, I see two people talking. Okay? And these are two people that did know, uh -huh. seemed to know. And I went and did like the old walk behind, okay? Walk behind, listen. Walk behind, listen. And I hear, if it wasn't for that snowboarding, and I go, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is in the middle while other people are practicing. I'm on a full like Blue's Clues operation trying to figure out what the fuck happened, okay? <laughs> if, if people, when Peyton, when, uh, when Peyton had his neck thing or whatever, uh -huh. I didn't know until training camp when I walked into a room and I saw 45 wires on him and I was like, fuck, we're going to punt a lot this year. <laughs> I was trying to find out about this whole situation, but nobody, no players knew really except for the guys. Yeah. You know, this was something they were very, very hush-hush about. Very, I've never seen anything like this before in our building. Hush, hush. Maybe the Peyton neck thing. That's really the only thing. So I finally, I hear two people talking, and they don't even know I'm behind them. And I just, if it wasn't for the snowboarding thing, I'm like, ha, ha. <laughs> so then I go back into the training room. I This time I faked a calf injury or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, my fucking calf. I think I might have lost it. And the athletic trainers go, I go, what fucking happened snowboarding? And they're like, who told you? I'm like, nobody told me, but I fucking heard. And they're like, uh, we can't talk about it. I was like, what do you mean we can't talk about it? They're like, you know enough, too much already. That's all we can tell you. I'm like, okay. So then that locked it in right there, right? Snowboarding thing. Mm -hmm. That's years and years ago. So then that season goes on. Luck is throwing once a week 
It's like his third or fourth year in the league at this point. He's on a throwing schedule already. And everybody knew something was wrong, right? Peyton used to throw every single day, every single rep. He needed every single rep. Andrew was not throwing on Wednesday. He was not throwing on Thursday. He was only throwing on Fridays for some drills. He would hand off on Thursday. Everybody knew something was wrong. And I had this snowboarding information. And I didn't tell Vinny I knew, by the way, until weeks later. Because, to be honest, Vinny and I's friendship kind of got a little bit on the rocks. Because he didn't. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> to be honest, I was not happy. I'm going to hold your balls, but you're keeping secrets from me, and I'm not happy. You can also hold a good grudge, too. Oh, one of the best. One of the best. Did you way. ever tell a chef? Uh, no, I kept, I didn't. Kept, listen. It's not his place. It's not my job to tell anybody anything. <laughs> that chef and I are very tight. That's good, though. That's good. But I, I was, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a seal. I'm locked in. <laughs> yeah. I've had 200 podcasts, by the way, knowing that there was a snowboard incident. Yep. Yeah. Never you said did. it one time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that I... I, it, they kept it locked up, and I understood that they wanted... The only thing I'm having an issue with is them saying that him spraining his AC joint after having a shoulder injury was not, did not affect his shoulder in a negative way at all. That's the story that they are actually running with. Ian Rappaport reports the snowboarding injury, which happened two or three months before he gets the biggest contract in NFL history, by the way. Biggest contract in NFL history happens a couple months after this, him getting flown out of Colorado after this snowboarding injury. The biggest contract in history goes onto a throwing schedule. And they're saying it had nothing negative. How does an AC sprain not negatively affect your fucking shoulder that's already injured? I've had a few AC sprains. They affect it negatively a lot. But I don't even know how that's the angle they're going with. Like, yeah, it it was no negative effect on his already hurt shoulder. It's like... That's the biggest bullshit. It was an AC sprain on your shoulder. It's not like an AC heel on your Mm. shoulder. It had to have a little bit of a negative effect. Plus, it could have made the tear way worse. I mean, how do you even not... If you have an AC sprain... Not even not having an injured shoulder before, it's like six weeks recovery, six, eight weeks recovery. You did carrying groceries. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But they did put him in the game still after that. That's wild. That's my big issue is after that AC sprain, even whether it was snowboarding or not, whatever it was, after his shoulder surgery in two, or shoulder injury in 2015, they were still trotting him onto the field to potentially get killed. They could have fucking killed Luck's career mm-hmm. immediately instead of solving the problem, bing, bang, boom. And it's just, it's one of those situations where it finally got out. So I'm happy I could finally talk about it. <laughs> but I want the world to know that that was not just easily found information. That no. shit was wrapped up very tight in the Colts organization. And I had to literally snoop around <laughs> to find it. Glad you did. Thank you. I should have released it, though. We'd break news here. <laughs> yeah, but you were being uh, a good teammate. Yeah, I know. Team. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right, let's get into some conversations we got very lucky to have with some legendary human beings. Carson Palmer, if you don't know who he is, you should. Heisman winner, the whole thing, has an incredible conversation with us. But first, Upstart has revolutionized how we borrow money by going beyond the traditional FICO score to offer personal loans, taking into account factors like job experience and education when determining your interest rate. It's quick and easy. Checking your Upstart rate is free and has no effect on your credit score. Your Upstart rate check takes takes just two minutes, and if you are approved, you can get your funds as soon as the next business day, upon approval, of course. Pay for just about anything with your Upstart loan. When you're approved for a personal loan with Upstart, the funds are yours and yours alone. Use them to pay off credit cards, consolidate debt, eliminate student debt, even make a large purchase. The choice is yours. We actually just used one to buy a new TV here at the office because somebody broke it and didn't take credit for it. Ain't that right, Zito? (laughs) What? 
Yikes. Debt. Some have a lot, some have a little, and the vast majority of us have some. But the path to financial freedom can look awfully bleak when you have high interest debt. And if your FICO score isn't great, it can make breaking out of that revolving debt cycle harder than it needs to be. Thankfully, our sponsor, Upstart, is revolutionizing the process of personal lending. Upstart offers personal loans for anything. And that's because Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit. It takes just two minutes. Hurry to upstart.com slash heartland to find out how low your upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes two minutes minutes and won't affect your credit score. That's upstart.com slash heartland. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a Heisman winner from USC. He was the first pick of the draft. He was with the Bengals, the Raiders, and finished up at the Arizona Cardinals on September 14th, Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, American Standard Time. You can watch A Football Life with this man on NFL Network. The show features Larry Fitzgerald, Bruce Arians, Pete Carroll, Chad Ochocinco, and more. A man who's respected by all of his peers, an absolute stud in the every way the word can be used, Carson Palmer. Pat, that was a phenomenal intro. It sounds like you should be working at a horse track, calling the horses coming around the bend. <laughs> I am currently unemployed. I will take that into consideration when thinking about it. Carson, let's get right into it. I know you don't have a lot of time because this A Football Life on Friday, September 14th by NFL Network is going to be absolutely incredible. How's that whole process of filming and going? Did it get emotional for you at all while digging back into your football life? Yeah, it did. Um, you know, it was it was a it was actually a pretty fun process. I was dreading it. I got kind of talked into it. Um, but you know, it's not always easy to have a camera crew in your house for an entire week and and knock a whole show out in a week. Uh, but it was, you know, it was it was uh, it brought up a lot of emotions that I kind of put away and and had moved on from, and and it gave me a chance to kind of reflect and and go back in time and. Um, remember some great people, some great coaches, great teammates, and, and kind of relive some of those experiences again. Did it give you some closure in certain places? Like, for instance, uh, at the Bengals, I heard uh, numerous stories about how shitty their entire facility was. The food was bad. There's no indoor. These were all things not voiced by you, but by other people who played for the Bengals. Then you voice your concern with the Bengals. You actually retire, but you're too damn good. The Raiders bring you back. You actually leave the Bengals early due to what was it exactly about that whole situation? Was it a a multitude of things or was there one certain thing with the Bengals and and is there any closure in uh, the football life when whenever it airs yeah it's, it's never one thing uh when it's a, when it's a bad breakup uh like anything it's never one instance or, or one one situation um it was just time, but but Pat, you got to watch the show to, to <laughs> <laughs> good promo there so the, Carson that's a good, that's my promo. That's about as good as I get. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, um, it, it was time to move on and, and I'd been through enough, uh, with that organization. It was just time to, to try to move on for me. You do that and you have like a second career basically with the Raiders was a quick stop, but then in Arizona, you and Bruce Arians kind of tag team and you become uh, this incredible player. AQ Shipley sings nothing but your praises on a regular basis. What was it like getting to Arizona and almost finding like a new home with the Cardinals? It was phenomenal. Um, You know, it was a breath of fresh air. It was a relief. Um, It was just a great situation. I I was there at the right time uh, playing for a great coach. 
uh, a phenomenal GM, an unbelievable owner. Uh, and then the roster of guys, the, the guys I got the opportunity to play with was, was special too. So um, it really was a second career, a second chance. And, and uh, those, those are five years I'll never forget. It was a great opportunity for myself. My family loved, um, loved being there. It was, it was really special. Use three different adjectives there, I think is the word. Great, phenomenal, and incredible. <laughs> you have a big brain on you. You went to USC. A guy named Troy Paul. I normally just use great. <laughs> so, so I, I'm expanding. I'm, I'm developing and maturing now that I've retired. Well, now you're a TV guy. But you went to USC. Big brain being in USC. Troy Polamalu was your roommate from what I've heard. Can you tell me why he's an asshole? <laughs> what, what do you got against Troy? What's wrong with Troy? I was supposed to score a touchdown, Heinz Field, homecoming night game. It was a C-gap 100% guaranteed touchdown on a fake field goal in his entire career. His entire career, Carl. Carson, all he did was line up on the other side. We went through film and film and film. Said if we ever get to this point on the field, it'll be a 100%er. You walk into the end zone, left C gap. All of a sudden, we get to game time. We're in the exact position of when it is. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 100%er, they say. I'm supposed to score my first ever NFL touchdown on the same field. I want to punt, pass, and kick. And head and shoulders, fucking Palomalu bounces his ass over right into the gap where I was supposed <laughs> to score a touchdown first time in his career he lined up there carson and i would like to know why he did that and why you were friends with him yeah he was good at doing stuff like that i, uh, I had to play against him every day in practice in college and then sure enough draft day comes and and i end up going to the afc north and like a couple picks later the trail the, the steelers trade up and snag him so i had to play against him twice a year for almost a decade and Man, he was a great, great, great player. And he did that. He just, he kind of did his own thing. You know, call, call him an asshole, call him whatever you want. He would line up on the left and then end up robbing the other side of the field or line up in the middle of the field and run over the other half and pick a ball off and make a tackle. And the guy was, um, him and Ed Reed were the, probably the two best defensive players I ever played against. Uh, I obviously have nothing but respect for Paul Romalu, <laughs> but he did ruin my one shining moment there at home. Uh, you've played with so many players. Ocho Cinco, Larry Fitzgerald, Paul Romalu in college. I assume the list goes on and on. Did you, did you ever have a teammate of yours that you just thought, man, they say all men are created equal, but that's a bunch of <laughs> bullshit. Um, you know, I, I, the guy I always think of when, when somebody has a line like that is I played in a Pro Bowl with Ladanian Tomlinson um, and handed the ball off to him like four or five straight times in the game. And this is the, the year he was the MVP. I don't know how many touchdowns he scored, 25 or something touchdowns that year, uh, one of his last couple years in San Diego. And I've never been in awe of somebody on the football field the way I was. And, and again, now this is a Pro Bowl, so he's playing against the best players at every position on the entire defensive football field. And I remember handing him the ball off and just turning and not even doing my bootleg or my naked. I just I would just hand the ball off and turn around and watch him. <laughs> he was playing. He was playing at a different speed. Uh, he's playing against the fastest guys in the in, in the league and the best players in their positions. And he would just find a way to bounce and skip and hot and and shoot through the hole and get six or seven yards and then find a way to get down so he didn't take a hit, pop back up and get back in the huddle. And I just remember walking off the field. He ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. And I remember walking off the field being like, man, that dude right there is different. 
Um, do you watch the game still? Do you enjoy watching football now? And I asked this to Joe Thomas last week because a lot of the ex-players I talked to, they can't stand watching football. They kind of fell out of love with it, whether it was because of the profession or job or being forced to watch film on a daily basis. Do you enjoy watching football still? And who are some players you enjoy watching? Well, I love watching film. I have a tough time watching the I tried to watch games yesterday, and I just had a tough time listening to some of the guys talk. Yes! Name, name, name. Who'd you hate? Who'd you hate? They all sound so uneducated in my mind, and that's strictly because when they talk about special teams, they're idiots. But <laughs> were there anybody that you were listening to? You were like, how do these people get paid to talk about games? Because I have my list if you want me to go off first. Yeah, you go first. Jay Feely, a fucking <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I had a tough time. I had a tough time watching. So, I. Uh, uh, but I love watching game. I, I love breaking down game film and seeing what defenses are doing or seeing how how guys are trying to stop guys. So, I. I still have my DVS sport, which is the way um, coaches and players in the game, you know, at all levels of the game, are watching the game. Um, but I. I, en- I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed watching the Cardinal game. I just want to see how some of my buddies do, or some of my buddies that are on other teams. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, I don't feel the way that Joe does or some of the other guys you mentioned. I, I still love the game. I still love watching it. I just have a tough time and need to hit mute every once in a while because some of the comments are unbelievable. I agree with that. Joe actually said he liked it. It was, it was, uh, it was the other folks I talked to. Uh, did you get a chance to watch Aaron Rodgers and what he did last night? And is it amongst the quarterback fraternity? Uh, do you guys rate each other and rank each other, or is it just like everybody love everybody? We're all making a lot of money playing football. <laughs> No, everybody hates everybody. <laughs> Everybody's bitter at everybody. But no, I, I loved watching Aaron play. Um, he, he's, I mean, he's kind of like we were talking about earlier, like Ladanian Tomlinson. He's just he plays at a different level. He can get more velocity on the on the football from every angle, from every body position than anybody else in the game. Um, so I love watching Aaron play. I, I think he's he's head and shoulders above everybody else at, at the quarterback position. I think everybody knows that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, most quarterbacks are all looking at other quarterbacks. Oh, he gets to play with so-and-so or he gets to play <laughs> for so-and-so. So there's a lot of hatred that, that gets built up between quarterbacks. Is there anything we're going to learn from a football life that's going to make us, you don't have to tell us, but is there anything that's going to be revealed in a football life that's going to make us go, huh, I didn't know that about Carson Palmer, or maybe, wow, that's a deep part of Carson Palmer that's revealed, or is it uh, mostly football fluff, if that makes any sense? I don't think it's a ton of fluff, but I think there's a lot, um, a lot to be learned just because, I mean, I, I didn't play in big markets ever really. Um, you know, I didn't, didn't get to a Super Bowl, so that, you know, those are the guys that are playing in New York and, and LA and, and Chicago, you know, a lot about just because those, those are such big markets and Cincinnati's not, not a big market. Arizona's not real big and, and Oakland, um, isn't huge. So, I think there's a lot to be learned, and, and um, I mean, I'm not super philosophical or super deep. I'm pretty – what you see is what you get. Uh, but I think there's some stuff that, that um, might surprise some people. Does your brother still have that uh, movie P app? <laughs> everybody, asked, everybody loves to ask about his – it was called Run, Run P. That was – that's like – my brother's got 49,000 things going, and that is that is – very far in the rearview mirror, and I couldn't tell you what's going on with that <laughs> app or that app company. Um, but 
I did when when that episode came out. I didn't even know he was involved with it, and I'll never forget. I was watching um, one of the Mission Impossible's. I don't know why I went to the movie theater to watch a Mission Impossible movie, but I actually used it because I had uh, a big, heavy Mexican meal the night before, (laughs) and I had to go handle business like halfway through the movie, and so I actually used it one time, and it worked. It was great. Uh, I have an active bladder, so I actually respect <laughs> the hell out of that app idea. What do you um in your? What are some hobbies of yours? Do you play tennis, golf? Do you like to have a couple cocktails? What does Carson Palmer do in his downtime? Uh, I'm actually on my way to a really good bend in the river to fly fish. Oh, uh, about 20 minutes south of me right now. So I, I like being outside. I, I like I like fish. I love to hunt. I have three hunts that I've already got on my calendar. Hunt uh, hunts that I've been looking forward to doing that I haven't been able to do since, since hunting season's always during football season. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about uh, this, this upcoming fall and this upcoming hunting season. You a whiskey and beer guy? If you're a hunter, I say that sounds like whiskey beer guy. Uh, I love a good beer. Uh, I don't drink a ton of whiskey. I love wine. I love beer. I, I do like whiskey. I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I like a good, a good gin, a good gin martini. Oh. Um but I'm not, I'm not, I haven't jumped on board with whiskey like everybody else has. I feel like it's such a, there's so much hype and there's such a fad, you know, that whiskey is right now. All of a sudden, everybody's got the best whiskey in the world. Um, I'll, I'll drink it if you offer it to me, but um, I'd prefer a nice, I'll even go a dirty, a dirty vodka martini, but I like a nice gin martini. I want to let you know, everything you just said about whiskey is 100% right. <laughs> Don't let anybody judge you for right? that. Yeah, you're 100% right, Carson. Right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, um, if a younger Carson Palmer was listening to older Carson Palmer, and this is, you said you're not philosophical, but this is a little bit of a deeper question. If you could talk to a younger Carson Palmer about what his football career will become, what would you say? Looking back on, on the way it ended up. Well, no, let's just say that you got a chance to, you, you want into enlighten. Yes, you want it. younger person, Palmer? Yeah, you used to, you, um, you traveled back somehow and you had a one on one meeting with Carson Palmer in his bedroom before <laughs> he's about to go to bed. He's laying down and uh, Carson from the future comes and visits him. What would you say to Carson about it, the life he's about to have? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, you know, every quarterback wishes they could go back in a game and hit rewind and take one play back. Um, but I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't hit the rewind button. I, I would just say that, you know, to, to keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, make decisions. Uh, don't, don't jump to decisions, make decisions the right way. But I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change my course of, you know, my career and, and, and the crazy highs and the crazy lows and the ups and downs and the, the, the turns and all that. Um, you know, I, I would just, I would just, because every everybody's career path is different, and and not everybody gets to win a Super Bowl, right, Pat? I mean, it's yep. it's the way it is. Um, would I love to have six Super Bowl rings? No doubt, but I wouldn't change um, the way it went. I wouldn't change anything that happened. It's it's matured me. It's it's I've learned a ton about myself and just about everything that's been going on around me over the years. So. Uh, if, if I had to sit down and, and talk to, talk to a young me, I would just say, just enjoy it. Just have fun. It's, it's such a short window. Your career comes and goes and it happens so fast. Uh, as you know, 
but just to enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it. That's awesome. And I know you have to go here. I got to get this question in, though. Did you ever think about yeah. truly hanging it up there when you were leaving Cincy? Was there ever like an actual conversation with family and friends that this is it? This is how my football career ends? This is how my football life ends? No, I knew I'd play again. <laughs> Respect. If they, if they wouldn't have let me go, I would have had to go back. But um, I, I I wanted to play. It, it was, it was the, the measure and, and the step I had to take. Um um, but had they not let me go and, and traded me, I would have ended up probably going back. Um, I, I wasn't done. I, 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 I would love to play the game yesterday, but I just, I'm too old. I, I can't do it anymore. Um, I, I'd have played until like, like Brady says, I was 45 or 50, but at some point you just start losing that bounce, that step, uh, you know, that elasticity in the muscles and it was time for me to shut her down. Well, you got to find your Alex Guerrero. Do that TB12 <laughs> shit, Carson. Thank you so much for joining us. Friday, September 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network Emmy-nominated series A Football Life with Carson Palmer debuts. Carson, thank you so much. Incredible career, by the way. I wouldn't change a thing if I were you either. You did incredible on the field and off the field and everybody speaks very highly of you. That means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Carson Palmer. Thank you, buddy. Brad, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. Best of luck this year. Hey, I appreciate that. You too. Good luck fishing down there. I hope you pull some shit out of there. I'm going to need it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yes. See ya. Later. Shout out Carson Palmer, by the way. Mm -hmm. Hope he caught some fish down or fly fishing. <laughs> he said to bend at a river he was going down. Good conversation uh, with him. Yeah, he's yeah. great. It was. It was a good conversation. Yeah, I was very surprised. I appreciated him coming on, A, because he's Carson yeah. Palmer. I'm excited to watch his football life. I really appreciate that app that tells me when to pee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he said he said he saw Mission Impossible. One of them. Remember, I watched my first Mission Impossible just last weekend, <laughs> and I had to pee, and I used the app, and I was like, I felt him on that clutch. <laughs> yeah, I actually said to him, "Oh, me too." While he was answering, I didn't want to interrupt him. Obviously, good for Carson Palmer at peace with everything. By the way, yeah. yeah. That's really cool to hear that he's he's so content with what he accomplished. Would not change anything if he could go back. Yeah. He's that, got a lot of money, too. A so. lot of <laughs> yeah. money. A lot of money. Whenever you're content with everything you've done and wouldn't change anything, mm -hmm. probably helps you sleep great at night, doesn't it? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But if you want to sleep great at night, there's only one mattress you should sleep on. Do you find yourself distracted, yeah. forgetting things, making mistakes at work, Nick? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. A quality night's sleep makes all the difference. The right mattress is the difference between resting and just laying it down. The Lisa mattress is the product of more than 30 years, three decades of experience in mattress engineering, and hundreds of hours of testing. Comprised of three foam layers that provide cooling pressure relief, body contouring, and support, over 300,000 happy Lisa sleepers agree the Lisa mattress gives them the rest they need. Order your Lisa mattress online at lisa.com slash McAfee with promo code McAfee and try it risk-free for 100 nights. It ships direct to your door in a convenient box with free shipping and free returns. Find the right mattress for you at lisa.com slash McAfee and get the rest you need tonight. Don't miss Lisa's limited time Labor Day sale extended now through September 13th. Get up to $235 off and free shipping on the Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash McAfee and enter promo code McAfee at checkout. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash M-C-A-F-E -E. promo code McAfee. Shout out Lisa. Here's a guy that rarely sleeps. It seems like <laughs> for the second time in this show's history. Ladies and gentlemen. Joining us now is a man that has sold wine. He has sold shoes. He has sold inspiration on the internet. You've seen him wearing his cap and telling you that the world doesn't owe you shit. 
Get out there, get up, and get down. He motivates me on a daily basis. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary V. Oh, the claps. I love it. How are you, brother? Good to be with you. Gary, life is good. you got to be excited about this Jets team. Last night, go into Detroit out of nowhere, hang 30 points in the third quarter. The Jets' future is bright. Uh, just landed from Detroit. I'm giddy. And, and I'm giddy for a lot of reasons. Look, I'm, I'm sure a lot of, you know, I know the kind of people listen to you. They're educated. Nobody's going to get crazy over <laughs> one game, right? Uh, a lot of variables in that game, that game 17-17, you know, in the third quarter. But to see all three facets play well, to see, you know, to see Darren Lee and Jamal Adams, two young defenders in their second and third year, play well. There was a lot of things besides the Dar- you know, you break down the Darnold game, it's great. I mean, especially having the mental strength to come off of that <laughs> first play of your career <laughs> um, and, play, and play that way. But, yes, I, let's put it this way. I'm extremely excited. But I'm excited for, you know, 2020, 2022, 2024. Uh, but you, you can't count chickens and things of that nature, so you take it where it is. And so, you know, I want to just destroy the Dolphins with all my might this Sunday. <laughs> I'll tell you, you always are playing the long game, Gary, okay? 2022, 2024, I'll probably be dead by then. That's what you're looking forward to. Your long-term plan in all of this. Yes. Selling shoes, yes. selling wine, dominating the internet is to be the owner of the New York Jets. Have you put a number on what you need to get to to become the owner of the New York Jets? Back to the long game, it's funny. I want to buy the New York Jets. People roll up on me and they're like, man, you're going to buy the Jets. When are you going to buy them, Gary? And I'm like, you know, and so what, it's 2018. Uh, 2048. 20, and the <laughs> utter, the utter disappointment in their face when I say that is, it, it's, it's such a tell on where we are in society. I'm telling another man or woman that I'm going to achieve the ability to buy a three to four billion dollar thing from zero, right? <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to strive for it in a positive way, doing it the right way. And I met with, I'm disappointed in you, Gary, because you're not doing it fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) So so 30 years from now, you own the Jets. What is life going to be like for you then? Are you still going to be grinding every day? What does the future look like for Gary V? You look like you never fucking sleep, to be honest. If you follow Gary V on the internet, it looks like you never sleep. How, what what does the future hold for Gary V? You know, a couple things. One, I sleep. I mean, not today because I had to, you know, wake up at four o'clock to get back to New York. But like, eighty-five percent, eighty percent of the year, I'm getting six, seven, eight hours of sleep. So I think sleep's huge. It's just that I destroy the other sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, that that I think is the variable for me. I think what's in store is, you know, I look. I I passed on investing in Uber. Uh, in the first and earliest rounds, which cost me two to three hundred million, huh. so that's an L, yeah. right? That probably slowed down the process. Me too, by the way. To I didn't. My... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, but I said no. I was asked. Oh. oh. <laughs> 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 um, and so I, uh, you know, I, I want to keep, you know, VaynerMedia, my marketing company. I'm trying to build a juggernaut. My brother AJ and I are in the process of starting to get real confident about the next three to five years of Vayner Sports, our Jerry Maguire agency, you know, going to continue to build businesses 
um, you know, to create, you know, it was interesting in the, in the lead up and there's something super important in the lead up. You said sells books, correct. Sells sneakers, correct. Sells motivation, incorrect. You know, one of the things I'm super proud of Pat and I think the crew that's with you knows is I'm proud that I'm putting out content. Yes. Motivational, but also informational every single day on LinkedIn, my podcast, my blog, Instagram, other places, and it's free. And I have a lot of pride in that. And so I'm trying to build one of the great entrepreneurial things of all time. But at the same token, I'm trying to map day in and day out and communicate for free how I'm doing it, how I see other people doing it. And I'm hoping that other people come along and win as well. One thing you might have seen if you follow me is I've been posting a lot about like sports cards and garage sales and things of that nature and buying and flipping. Two fun facts. Number one, tons of people making $1,000 a weekend extra. Number two, Pat, your football cards are not worth any money. Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank just, you. Wanted to, just wanted to give you... Yeah, I heard that. You just took a little shot there out of nowhere. <laughs> I saw what you did to the NASA jacket this past weekend. You bought it out of some randoms uh, front garage. garage yeah, and then you're going to flip that and make $30 on a Saturday for a NASA jacket on Etsy, Gary. You are a nonstop hustler, cuz. Couple things, cuz. One, I bought it for a dollar. Two, thank you for watching Instagram stories because that's where I popped my $30 guess. <laughs> Turns out that it's an alpha jacket and it's going to go from 70 to 150 a pop. Oh my God, I feel like I'm watching Pawn Stars out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said. You know what, Pat, though? Listen, you and, I, you, you and I got fortunate that we worked our faces off and found things we were good at and passionate about, and it led to financial opportunities. The, the amount of people that disproportionately are affected by the thought of two to $300 a week extra to pay bills, to save up for a Disney vacation, to pay out of debt is remarkably high, comma, it is scary. And I don't use the word easy. It is scary easy if you spend a year educating yourself on how to use Amazon, Etsy, Letgo, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and go to thrift stores go to clearance aisles and stores, Marshalls, J.C. Penney's, and garage sales and town-wide sales, church sales. It is stunningly easy to make 200 to $300 a week extra, and that will impact 90% of the listeners. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, Gary, you're like a marketing genius and all this stuff. You hang out with all these fancy people. Like, you're smart. You talk at these big conferences. Yeah. You, write, you write books. Yeah. What are you doing making content about going around Saturday and going through people's garbage? It just seems, quote, unquote, beneath you. And literally the four or five people that said that to me over the last week, I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, li like, literally, that was my response. I'm like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me is I go to foofy, foofy black tie events or, you know, the United Nations or speak in front of 15,000 people on a conference, and it's great. But the reality is, that Instagram story this Saturday, and Pat, you saw how I did it. It was entertaining and informational. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I got 10,000 DMs in like 48 hours from people showing me pictures that they got off their fat ass and didn't watch Netflix that morning <laughs> or played 2K and went out, went to five garage sales and made 80 bucks. And that meant something to them. And, you know, my answer is because it's important and it's helping people. Gary, let's talk about something you said. Uh, a week or two ago, and I'm going to be honest, 
I listen and watch mm-hmm. everything that the Gary V does. I watch you go international. I watch you sleeping on mm-hmm. airport floors. I watch mm-hmm. you speaking yeah. in front of these people. You said, and this was one of the most wildly absurd things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> you said you consume zero content. You only read through the comments sections. I would like to know why you lied to me like that. <laughs> Pat, it's really crazy, man. I will go on Twitter or I'll go on Instagram and I'll consume the reactions of like, you know, crazy rich Asians, Asians. Like, like I don't, I didn't see the movie. I see where people react. Even you, I don't listen to this show, but I know how people love this show through their comments long before I ever showed up the first time to your show or your format. Yeah, man, I don't watch stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't watch it. I didn't watch Stranger. I haven't watched a minute of 13 Reasons Why, Stranger Things. You know, I consume the New York Jets football games, and I consume (laughs) the Internet's reactions to everything that's happening, which is why I have a lot of opinions or thoughts on things because I'm able to gather them and this is something I've done my whole life, man. Like, I'll give you a good one. I just realized this. My mom kind of brought it up. <clears throat> I used to do baseball card shows. That's how I got my hustle early on. And I would literally go to a show and set up. And then I would literally not man my own table the first three or four hours, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, depending on the show, because I would have to go into the crowd and watch what people were reacting to. I needed to watch people roll up on other people's tables and be like, ooh, do you have any Ken Griffey rookie cards or Frank Thomas? I used to spend the first hour or two listening and watching and then buying up other dealers' cards and then taking advantage of me having a pulse of things and then having those cards for the rest of the show. I consume people's reactions. You know what they said? You give me five hours and X. In a tree and tell me to cut it down. I'm spending four hours sharpening that X. <laughs> no, no, it's a really it's a really good point. And I'm probably spending three hours convincing somebody to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary. Uh, I appreciate you so much for joining us, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not leaving yet. We need to talk a little bit more about the first week of NFL and definitely last night's game because every it's all gonna be about Darnold and all this stuff. But, you know, you're, we have real sports listeners, people that are educated. Like, I've got one. Henry Anderson last night was a huge factor. That's Goose, bro. He was on the Colts for a long time from Stanford, one of my really good friends, actually. Nicknamed Goose. There's no reason behind the nickname. It's just <laughs> what people started calling him. Really cool dude. He was an animal for us for the Colts. He got hurt a couple of times. Scheme change. We ship him to the Jets. I thought it was a bad decision to begin with because he's a hard worker, grinder, and good in the locker room. I'm happy to hear that Jets fans are falling in love with him, Gary. I was so blown away by his preseason. You know, Mac, our GM, has not really lit the board on fire with his draft picks here. You know, obviously. Well, he's on hot seat Sam in 2048, huh? Yeah. Well, listen, the new ownership kind of is okay with sticking it out. It looks like Chris versus Woody looks like he's trying to have continuity. But listen, he hasn't crushed the draft, but. The, you know, seventh round trade here with this guy. Robbie Anderson was an undrafted free agent. He's had some crappy moves. I'm telling you, man, and, I'm, and I brought it up to you, obviously, because I know he came from the Colts. I have no idea what, if any, relationship you had with him. But he's a – the Jets do not have a pass rush. They just don't. They, they really don't. But 
but Goose looks like he's got something. And I'm pumped now I know his nickname because I'm going to be on the field in Cleveland next Thursday, and I'm going to be yelling my balls off. (laughs) (laughs) He, um... He was the uh, Robert Mathis, who's Hall of Famer, yeah, one of the great. Yeah, he called he called Goose uh, Mini JJ whenever he was in uh, when he got to the Colts. Mini JJ Watt, just because of his work ethic, everything like that. He's had a couple injuries, but that guy is the truth and a very good teammate as well. I think the Jets will be happy with him. Did you watch any of the other games? I'm you excited. said you don't consume anything. And what were your takeaways from the NFL weekend from watching people watch the NFL first weekend? <laughs> um. So a couple things. It was great to see Fitz Magic oh. do his thing in Tampa. Yep. Uh, obviously, they lit up the Saints. Um, you know, I'm very, you know, back to not consuming. We played the Dolphins this week. Since I didn't watch a single play or a highlight, uh, I'm a little bit worried. I'm, I'm very weird with Brian Tannehill. I, I really don't think he's good, and I, but I know he's accurate. And so, I don't know, that, that kind of caught my mind. The pa- you know, the Patriots still being the Patriots pisses me off. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like uh, I hate it. I'm pumped the Giants lost, but I but I'm glad. You know, my, you know, my observation was Jalen Ramsey should have done a better job covering OBJ if he's going to open up his mouth to be this big time of a corner. Because I can tell you right now, Darrell Rebus in his prime, OBJ doesn't have a fucking catch. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Whenever you speak a lot, you set yourself up for a lot, and you got to back it up. Although I do believe Jalen Ramsey is an incredible corner. I think he's going to get tested a lot this year, and people are going to want to find out. When it comes to the Dolphins, though, they had an eight-hour game, Gary. Eight hours against the I Titans. I think you're going to be in a good spot. Yeah, what is your? Did you get to catch any of that, or you have any observation on that game? <sighs> the fourth quarter was tough to watch. Chris Carter sounded like he was about to fall asleep commentating <laughs> it. They only had the the Titans got hurt. By the way, real quick, I, I real quick, I did see. Uh, did did Marshawn Lynch carry forty nine people? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty dope. <laughs> and did you see the picture of him from high school that came out? Not good for the Marshawn Lynch brand. Oh no! Is that right? I have no idea. What is it? Oh, you'll see it. It's it's a very <laughs> describe di- it. Describe it. Okay, it's like um, basically if you were to take a picture uh, with glasses uh-huh. on, clean shaven in high school with a polo on, that was a high school picture of Marshawn Lynch that Monday Night Football put out last night, and it took over the internet. I can't believe you haven't seen it's it. It's basically yet. his LinkedIn picture. Like, yeah, it's a LinkedIn. LinkedIn picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would actually argue, I would say that's good for his brand. Okay. Relatable makes it more because, relatable. Yeah, because it, it just it also inspires a generation. Like, imagine you're a nerd watching that, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I can be ridiculously swaggy and eat Skittles too." <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about. Swaggy. I don't know. I mean, what I do, hey, what's up with that hat you're wearing? Hey, Gary, Gary, why are you wearing that? Oh, hat? that the hat. Yeah, it's. I, I don't. You know, that's a really good question. What I've I've been wearing it for like five or six years. I would say this. I. uh my biggest read on it right now, first of all, the answer is I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but but the, but the leaning weird thing is, so I travel so much. And when I started really traveling like ridiculous, like, you know, half the year, six or seven years ago, I, I needed to fall asleep. Like I needed to be great at sleeping on the plane. What ended up happening was once I started wearing like a beanie, in the, you know, I travel a lot in the winter, I guess, is when it started. I would take a beanie, and then I would I use it to cover my eyes, right? Which is way better than, like, a hoodie or things of that nature. Yep. So it became a big core part of the way I traveled. Like, it was essential for me to get the proper, like, in the zone. 
And so, then I just kept, then it just like was such a part of me. It started sneaking into my day to day. Um, and now I feel like, a, you know how like a three-year-old like gets attached to like a teddy bear or, or like a an binky? old sock yeah, yeah. or a weird <laughs> fucking blanket? I literally think that the beanie has become, like I'm some weird three-year-old that can't like go to sleep <laughs> without his, grand, his grandfather's handkerchief, you know? That's who I have become. How um, long does it take to get in the right old. spot? What's that? How long does it take to put in the right spot for your hat? Oh, one one second. Like, <laughs> oh. It's like fucking, yeah, it's like it's like a superhero's costume. Like first try, full penetration. <laughs> you know what I love about you, by the way? You don't even let your hat just be a hat. It's got to have three fucking jobs. I love you guys. Tell me when this is posted. I want everybody to listen. I love you. It's going out today. It's going out today at noon, Gary. I appreciate you, brother. Love it. See you, man. Love you guys. Yep, you got it. Take care. What a human. (laughs) What a fucking human Gary V is. Great combo, Gary. Yeah. I was going to get him off the phone early because I know he's a big man. He's like, no, no, no. I want to stick around Mm. a little bit longer. Big shout out to Gary V. I texted him this morning. Like, hey, man, want to talk about your Jets becoming a relevant team again? Uh How about that? (laughs) Lions, not so much, but the Jets, here we are. (laughs) He's real excited. 2048, he's going to try to buy that thing. Going to have to sell a lot of wine. (laughs) Going to sell a lot of wine. How about missing out on Uber? Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, man. Just to have Uber just show up. Hey, this is the idea. We're going to get rid of taxis. Yeah, that's about it. You want in? No, I don't. <laughs> if he would have jumped in, though, he would have got the Jets in a way sooner. Way sooner. Yeah. But he's also from New York. Remember what runs New York is yeah. the taxi. Right. So right. it's kind of a product of his environment. But Gary V always been nice to me. He does some shit where I'm like, Gary, what are you like? You like you, Sherry, Sherry, shit. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? But at the end of the day, Gary is a one-stop shop for content, business, the whole thing. I'm very thankful Gary joined us. I'm also very thankful for this next guy. And I'm going to say this out loud. I am lucky he did this interview with us. We're the only place he came to talk, and uh, I think you're going to appreciate this as well. Joining me now was once a four-time pro bowler in the NFL. First team all Big 12 in 2003 out of Nebraska. His name is synonymous with being a tough guy in the NFL. A couple of situations have popped up off the field, but talking to him is one that you'll never, ever forget. Ladies and gentlemen, today he is hosting a charity golf tournament in the name of his recently passed father at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge Resort in Phoenix, Arizona, the Wildfire Golf Club. Torch Cigar Bars is the after party trying to make good in this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Richie Incognito. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm alive. I survived jail, and now we're raising money for kids. <laughs> okay, okay. You brought it up. Let's talk about it. Recently, um, uh, your dad passed away. Your dad meant a lot to you. Richie Incognito, senior. I've been reading up on him. You've sent me some information. Is an absolute legend. Would you like to talk about your dad a little bit and how awesome of a human he was? My dad, oh, you know, uh, losing my dad um, kind of in the wake of retirement, football season coming up, uh, it was a lot. Uh, my dad was a stud. He served for this country two times in the United States Army. And uh, he was a poor kid from Hudson County, New Jersey, that got drafted when he was 18, got his name changed by the government to incognito and rotated out 
through West Point twice. So he went to West Point when he got drafted in 1971. Um, from West Point, went down to Alabama for basic training, went over to Vietnam, uh, worked on a bunch of details over there for the Army, came back. They asked him to join the police force. He said, absolutely not. Um, then they sent him back. They sent him back in about uh, 72, 73. They sent him back over this time through West Point again as an Army airborne motherfucking ranger. <laughs> and my daddy was the man. He was, uh, he was my coach. He was my confidant. He's my business partner. Um, the best thing I could say about my dad was, you know, he was just always down for adventure and he always wanted to bring as many people as long as possible. All my teammates, all my buddies, you know, our house was the meeting place. And, um, that's why today we're raising money in his name to help children all across New York city. That is, by the way, absolutely awesome. Your dad is an American badass. That is such a cool, cool thing. Uh, raising money for New York City. How's your golf game? You were sponsored by PXG. How is your golf game? Are you excited to get out there on the links? I am excited to get that out there on the links and show all these nerds what a real golfer looks like. <laughs> about, 300, about 306 pounds. Getting ready to compete in some long drive competitions. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But, uh, I've been out on the course, dude. I've been I've been trying to get my mind off things. Recently, just moved to Vegas to start some businesses up here. So, uh, dude, the golf course is my therapy. I just get out there with my boys, hack around, have a few beers, talk some shit, and uh, everything seems better. Okay, in the wake of your your father's passing. You made the news again, and I'm not going to bring it up. I think people have learned enough about it. They've heard enough about it. It's all an alleged event, obviously, one side. Do you have anything to say about that, your side, that you'd like to get out before it gets uh, officially to the court? If not, we move on. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a legal process now. Um, I just want to apologize to all my fans and the people of the Bills Mafia, the Rams, the Dolphins, University of Nebraska, all these people that have supported me. Um, I let him down. I, uh, I'm not guilty. And, um, you know, the court process will play itself out, but, um, I feel like I've let, I've let everybody down. You know, I lost my cool with my, my father passing and, um, I feel confident that I will be vindicated in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, court process or whatever the heck we're in right now. But, um, you know, my, my shift is just to philanthropy. I'm just trying to, uh, to raise money and, uh, you know, kind of a, assume this role in normal life by the way making the world a better place is an incredible rebound whenever you find yourself in a situation that's difficult i think the world understands that when the death of a loved one happens a lot of things can happen and i i honestly think that your apology right there is going to mean wonders to a lot of human beings i hope you know that richie you, you know i i think i i hope what people can get a grasp of is that i'm just a normal fucking dude just like you and me, man, we, we, we were blessed to play in the NFL and have careers. Um, but at the end of the day, we're normal dudes. I like sitting on the couch watching TV. I mean, I like to play a ton of golf. I like to do a bunch of outdoor activities. And I think what gets lost in that is, like, I have this persona, you know, man, myth, legend. And then people meet me and they're like, you're just kind of a normal dude. You know, you're not really crazy. You're not really this. But then, you know, obviously things like this happen and they pop up in the newspaper. 
people are like, this guy eats babies. And it's good. <laughs> good for the brand. But, you know, <laughs> so, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, you meet people like, please don't Google my name. <laughs> you can see, though, how some of these things with the gym in Miami where you had to deal with a guy stalking you, basically, how it got spun out of control. And then this situation, how the media spins everything with your name on it is going to get. You can see how some people assume that you might be a, a legit crazy person, like, but then you talk, Ab- you absolutely. can see how people from outside the box can think that, right? Absolutely, I can see how I get that. I would read half the crap that's written about me, and I'd be like, I'd write myself off. I'd be like, this dude is nuts. What? And. You know, a, a big part of "quote unquote" being nuts is just accepting the fact that you're different. You, are, I am nuts. I, I think differently. I played in over, I don't know, two, two hundred and fifty, maybe three hundred football games. Probably been in thousands and thousands of street fights. There's not much that scares me, but you know, losing my father and being super religious and just you know having my faith tested in that moment. Um, it was challenging, man. It's hard. It shook me to my core. I'm a tough dude. You know, you've been around the locker room. We're all tough dudes that carry a lot of baggage and, you know, it manifests itself in different ways. And how I manage my pain and my anger is weight room, golf, therapy, medicine. I'm, I'm at the point, you know, I've, I've had a rough go at it, kind of a checkered past that when shit like this goes down, my phone is blowing up with people trying to help me. And I think, you know, my big message to everybody out there, you know, let me get on my little soapbox for a minute is if you're having an issue, if you're having a mental health issue, if you're having a bullying issue, if you're feeling right, the biggest thing, just open your mouth, just communicate to somebody and you will be shocked at what you hear in return. You know, if you open up your veil a little bit and let people in to the, your true self, um, You'd be shocked what you hear from people. You know, I've had people uh, calling, texting, emailing, prayer groups, and I'm just, I'm honestly just so thankful. I have so many good people around me that care about me. And um, I think um, uh, what leads us now, uh, what leads the Incognito family now is uh, my father's honor and uh, our faith in God above all else. So... That's beautiful. Vulnerability is not a sign of weakness, by the way. It could be a sign of uh, strength, to be honest. Who are you leaning on this time? Do you have a therapist? Are you more so going into religion? And I saw you in Hawaii there with some prayer groups. Well, how are you battling through these times? Because losing somebody that you've done business with your entire life, your coach, your confidant, your best friend, that can be tough to handle with to begin with. Then you throw in, you potentially, I think you alluded there that there could potentially be some traumatic issues with your brain with over 300 games and stuff like that who are you leaning on these times richie dude i'm leaning on family i'm leaning on my mother my brother my extended family um i'm working actually with an army doctor out of california named dr amen and he is one of the leading traumatic brain injury specialists in the world and um what he's doing is through a regiment of medicine and hyperbaric chamber is we're trying to correct the years of traumatic brain injuries that I have suffered. And um, the really cool part about that is there's hope. There is hope for retired athletes. There's hope for retired police, uh, police officers, firefighters, you know, Navy SEALs, military, all these people that we all seen some crazy shit. 
we've all experienced, we've all had uh, traumatic things that, that do cause PTSD. But what's really cool about technology and science is we are at the point where we can correct most of that. And um, I'm leaning on Dr. Amen. I'm leaning on therapists. I'm freaking calling up everybody I know that, um, you know, well, Pat, you've been in an NFL locker room. Yes, sir. We're always doing Bible study. We're always doing um, prayer groups and stuff like that. So I'm leaning on all my old teammates, Eric Wood, Melvin Fowler, um, Anthony Fasano, um, and leaning on the people in my foundation who I have around me. I have, I have great people, and uh, again, I'm just so proud and excited that uh, I can spread the word about all this and raise money to help people. Richie, I want you to know that everything you're going to do from this is going to be so positive and I'm very proud of you, man, coming out here, admitting that there could be potentially be something wrong. Now you're taking it head on, trying to fix it. You're adapting to the obstacles that you've created for yourself in the past. And now you're going to make a better future, Richie. That's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful thing. Let's talk about the future. What are you going to do, Richie? You're going to you're going to continue to raise money in your father's name. You're going to golf. Are you is football behind you now? Last time I spoke to you, you were still potentially accepting offers. The first weekend of football is done. Did did you get the itch to get back out there? What is Richie Incognito up to? Always have the itch to get out there. Last night, I was taking pass sets in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it? You still got it? Oh, I, I still got the juice, man. I still got it. I still got at least 10 snaps in me. So. <laughs> I, was, I actually played golf with my buddy uh, who played at the Bills with me, Melvin Fowler. He lives here in Vegas and um, played golf yesterday. We went and watched a couple games, and we're just like two old men yelling at the TV, catch the ball, what are you doing, how could you do that? You know what I mean? So the game never leaves you, and um, right now I'm just in a holding pattern. I'm, I'm focusing on myself first before I take the next step in anything. That's fucking beautiful, Richie. I know you have a lot going on. Your golf tournaments today, Torch Cigar Bars, the after party. I hope you show up, show out, raise a lot of money for kids across New York City. And also, Richie, from all of us over here, I am so thankful for you joining us. And I hope you find the mental health and the mental uh, peace of mind at some point where everything and all this is behind you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for giving me the platform to come on, dude. You guys have always been good to me. And one thing I want to do say about the Richard Dominic Incognito Jr. Foundation is uh, tomorrow or today, we are raising money in my dad's name. And in America, you only have to give away 5% year over year of your what you bring in to stay a public charity. At my foundation, we believe in giving away as much money as possible. So to all the great people of Phoenix who show up today to support um, – I'm going to give away about 90% of the money to some really needy kids, to some, um, to some initiatives in South Africa. Oh. Um, so yeah, so we're going worldwide, Richie, Richie, you're going worldwide. We're going worldwide, baby. We're going international. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, take care of yourself over there. Congratulations on the bounce back here. I hope everything goes well in court. And to be honest, we've all experienced a loss of a loved one. So there's a lot more people who understand you than you think. So keep on keeping on, brother. And we appreciate you for joining us, Richie. No doubt. Thanks for having me.
Cheers, brother. Work on them goddamn pass sets in the backyard. Aaron Rodgers just got crushed last night in the first half. They might I know. I'm, I'm about to go throw on the pads and helmet and go take out this trash can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you, Richie. Have a good one. Later, brother. Later. It seems as if he's holding himself accountable almost. Yeah, yeah I root for this guy so hard. This like, is, he this, seems like a really good guy. This is court. this is different than the last time. When he came on about the Dolphin, the Miami gym thing, he was like, well, that guy was stalking me. He was yeah. blaming somebody mm -hmm. else. This one, it seems as if he's taking it head on. Meeting with an army, mm -hmm. traumatic doctor. He's uh, going, he's taking medicine. He said meds in there somewhere. Yeah, he yep. he, he's, it feels as if he's taking accountability for a potential problem he has in his brain, mm -hmm. and I hope he gets it figured out. Raising money for kids, too. International kids. That's awesome. He's doing all he can. He's trying yeah. his best, and I hope I hope the medicine and everything, I hope he finds a new normal because, honestly, at his soul, Todd, yeah. at his soul, mm -hmm. I think he's a good guy deep down in there. No doubt. But definitely some mental health issues. Yeah, he's got some stuff going on. Happy he's addressing it, though. Mm -hmm. Happy he's addressing it. With that being said, it's Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed the show. I can't hear a single thing. My, uh, my plug just went out of my earphones. <laughs> but I would like you guys to know, 2.0, same problems as the original. But uh, so thankful you listened. Could you please tell your friends? Remember, we started at zero here. Absolute zero. Um, so thankful to Todd, Diggs, Nick, Zito, Ty, and Evan. Everybody out here at the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 office, Heartland Radio 2.0 office. And also very thankful for all of you. You tweet right now using hashtag PM. We had a winner last week. Yep. Gave him a credit card. Card, uh, Visa cash card. Nice. Congratulations to them. Also, we are still open in the best review, winning a $100 uh, Visa. Uh -huh. What is that? Prepaid card. Uh, yeah. Gift card. Gift card. Mm -hmm. Prepaid gift card. We're still up in the air for the best review. There's been a lot of great ones. A lot of great ones. But there's been so many great ones that we're still tallying them all in. Get yours in now. Subscribe, rate, review. That whole goddamn thing. We're so thankful. The word of the day to tweet from Diggs is... Mason Ramsey. <laughs> there is literally a picture of Mason Ramsey right next to you know, the T-shirt. Diggs just looked at the first thing he saw. I love lamp type situation. It said Mason Ramsey. He's no, you know what? It, it, I'm so pissed. Why? Uh, this this was the weekend he was supposed to be here. Can we change the lamp? <laughs> Hashtag PMS 2.0 space. I love Lamp. First person to do that wins uh, some of our brand new merch, which is launching, I think, tomorrow or Thursday. Let's go. Way. Tweet us. Have a good time. Have a great day. Uh, September 11th, big shout out to all the people that served over there in New York, all the service, and also rest in peace to all that we lost. Per usual, you're alive, but are you living? Go live and do it live with the number one ticket app on Earth, SeatGeek. With tickets to everything from theater and comedy to live sporting events. Baseball is still happening, believe it or not. October 10th, <laughs> baseball documentary coming out that Evan Foxy and I whipped together. Can't wait for you to see it. Yes, sir. Football is happening all over the place. College, high school, NFL, get your tickets in one particular spot, in one spot only, and that's SeatGeek. Utilize promo code PAT, get $10 off your first order, or promo code McAfee and get $20 off your first order. They have tickets to everything, and they scan all the other ticket sites so they know that you're getting the best bang for your buck. And you won't get catfished. What they say you're going to get, you're going to get. Shout out to SeatGeek. Go live. Go live. Go watch something. Go enjoy. Take a date. Go alone. Take your family or not. Whatever you want to do is SeatGeek, the greatest ticket app on earth. And with that being said, Ty Schmidt, hit the music.